0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela.
1: And I'm Jen. And today we have our January Patreon co produced
2: episode with our friend Kim. Hi, guys. Hi, Kim, and welcome to Thrifters
1: Villa. Thank you
2: so much. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you guys. You don't even know because I feel like such a baby posture. I've only been doing this for like 11 (laughs) months, but I've learned everything from, you know, your Aww. YouTubes and your your podcasts. And this is just really special. So I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, yay. Well, we're excited to have you here as well. It's always fun to meet our listeners. That's why we started doing these like Patreon co-produced things. We actually just sit down with people and, and kind of figure out what they're all about and hear their perspectives and stuff. So it's always fun to do these episodes. And today we're actually going to be talking about Reseller toolkits, basically, Mm -hmm. and what we use to clean, and how we clean our items, and what do we really do with those items that are sitting in a pile that need to be mended, and so much more. But carrying out that dirty laundry, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna tell you the real truth about everything. Real truth, absolutely. (laughs) But before we get started, we really want to get to know Kim. So, Kim, I'm gonna leave the floor to you. Share with everyone how you got started in reselling, what your background is, whatever you feel comfortable sharing with our community.
2: Yeah, so I started doing this about 11 months ago, like I said, when the pandemic was happening, we were all kind of forced to go home and rethink like what is important to us, how do we, what can we control in our lives and what can we not, and I've always loved thrifting I wanted new clothes. Dressing rooms were all closed during the pandemic. What do I do? How do
0: I fill this void?
2: (laughs) And so, you know, I still wanted to go thrift shopping, but there were a lot of things that I bought that didn't fit me. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try and sell this. I'm going to see what... I've always been curious about reselling. Mm -hmm. And let me just give it a shot. And Poshmark was kind of the easiest thing to sort of get into. And I just fell in love. It was, it's just like a gratifying hobby that I can make money and have (laughs) that extra income. And it's just really satisfied something in me that... uh, I just love it. it. Changed my life. That's awesome. That's amazing.
1: That's so cool to hear that. Like some good came out of the pandemic for you, right? Yeah. Just like yeah. finding opportunities where maybe before you wouldn't even think to look at that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I think
0: that's where we saw a big influx of resellers coming to the community as well, I which agree. has been really great because it's been such a, a different perspective of people coming into the community. It's not just people that are full-time people that are part-time. It's like people are just doing it because they were bored during the pandemic or like, (laughs) I like shopping and I didn't know what to do with the stuff that I didn't want anymore. And the donation centers were closed. So my next option was to start selling it myself. And now Mm -hmm. it's kind of evolved for a lot of people into more than just that. So it's, it's really great to see that. Yes. Things have been tough the last couple of years, but some good things have come out of it. Absolutely. yes
2: and obviously like you know we all have our favorite parts of the process and sourcing is always you know the funnest <laughs> one and for me cleaning I still have a lot to learn and I really just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to pick your brains and what yeah. have you guys learned over Love the it. years of doing this that like yeah. I have save have saved you so much time and so much grief because I hate just picking things up and then trying to clean them and then ruining it because I did it all wrong I get
0: that yeah, yeah we've definitely ruined things oh yeah. that is a definite <laughs> yeah we're
1: and we're happy to share the good, the bad, and the really ugly.
0: <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the, the truth to, behind yeah, it. And the, the there's truth. There's some, I think there's like this misconception when people first come into reselling, we're like, you pick all these beautiful things and then you just list them and everything is great. And you just mm-hmm. store it away. And it's like, it's, it's not the reality when you are knee deep in, re, in reselling, like that is just not the case. The amount of times that I look over an item and then get home and still find something wrong oh. with it happens every single time i source every time it, it doesn't works. matter
1: <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter how thorough you are we still all make mistakes and we still pick up things that have gigantic stains on it yet somehow that did not exist when we were in the first
0: <laughs> store so true it you know? it's so i don't remember where i heard this but when i first started reselling one of the um, one of the tips that I heard on a YouTube channel and I can't remember who it was, so I'm sorry, but um, it was go to a window or go to the door in mm-hmm. the in the store. When it's you're a natural light. That natural light because of the lighting in the thrift stores. It can be really difficult sometimes to see those moth holes or to see a little stain that's in the corner. And I noticed this even when I'm photographing now myself, when I have a ring light up against something and mm-hmm. let's say it's like an ivory or a cream color and it's um, like a silk, or a linen or something like a, a natural fabric of some sort yeah, I okay. notice a lot of times you can't see those stains until there's some type of brighter light a ring light right. or the natural sunlight that's on it because it's like on it, it's so weird to describe it it's like in between the fabric it's not topical it's mm-hmm. like stuck in there and it happened right. to me recently where I was looking at it I was like oh this piece is fine it was a silk piece and then I went and put the ring light on it and there's all these little marks all over it. So now I have to take it to the dry cleaner, which I am going to do. It's a piece that's worth dry cleaning. mm mm-hmm. Um, but but that's the other part of it too. How do you know when it's worth sending different okay. things to the dry cleaner? You know, we'll get into yeah. all that. We'll get into all that. Yeah, all the nitty-gritty. But I, I will say the number one tip that I have for anyone out there who's new and has trouble kind of sorting and, and, and looking through all that when in the thrift store is try to get as much natural light as you can on the item because that really will help you in that process. I know it's hard to do when you're in the bins because there really isn't any natural light when you're in the bins.
1: Right, right. But I think that um, I think, Danielle, you're you're kind of getting to a really good segue for us to start this conversation, because I think Mm -hmm. that the first thing that you have to think about is when you're in the thrift store, when you're at the bins, that's where it first starts, right? Because that's when you first pick up all of your items. That is kind of where you need to make the determination on whether or not this is going to be a piece that you're willing to take that extra step to do whatever it is that you need to do to that piece, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we always recommend is really try to go through your inventory when you're there, you know, like pick apart every single little piece. Um, Like Daniela said, go go to a window, get some natural light, Also, for a lot of sweaters, hold them up actually to the ceiling, to the light, to see if you see any holes, too. Because I know a lot of times, you know, there's, like, moth holes or, like, small things that you might not be able to mend yourself and fix because it's, like, smack dab in the middle of the fabric. But, like, lots of times what I will do is I will hold up a lot of that, like, jersey knit kind of fabric, you know, up against the light so I can see if I see any holes going through that as well. You want to...
0: Also check like in pants. I always check the inside. (laughs) Jen is infamous for turning pants inside out everywhere that we go. She doesn't just look at them, she literally turns them inside out. I turn them inside out so I can see what am I dealing (laughs) with. Absolutely, you know. Checking
1: all those areas, like um, you know, like we said, those kind of areas, also underarm areas, too. I also check all of that as well. So you need to make the determination from the thrift store. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to put in the extra time for? So we talked about like the bins, for example, to me, the bins, because the price is a lot lower, I'm a little bit more willing to take a risk there because to me, especially in well, in the bins in Boston, it was like $1.75 for an item. So I figured, okay, seventy five, it's worth it for me to just like take it home and give it a shot, you know, but if it's something that's $7.99, right? $8.99, $9.99. That's when you have to start thinking, is it going to be worth my time? And what are you going to sell it for?
0: That's, yeah. And I think, you know, we can dive real deep in this conversation, but you need to account for all these things. When you're picking up an item, because at the end of the day, that is part of your buy cost. So your buy cost is not only what the piece is costing you; it's your travel time that it took you to get there. What were the miles from point A to point B and back? Mm-hmm. Right? They, what did you spend gas? Did you have to put gas in your car? Did you buy lunch? Um, now you're putting in an extra maybe hour to clean certain items because they mm-hmm. they're delicate and they require soaking and whatnot. And while yes, mm-hmm. if the item is soaking, you're not watching over it, but that's still time spent on that item. All of that gets added into Mm -hmm. your cost. The water that you're using, the the detergent that you're using,
1: like the time too, that you are spending on that. All that needs to get factored in when you're picking up all of these pieces. So I think that the first tip that we tell people is just like, be really nitpicky on what you want and whether or not this item is worth your, the value and your time, you know, when it comes to repairing or cleaning or fixing or whatever it is for the piece.
0: I know Mm -hmm. it's a lot to take in, but you also (laughs) have to like take into account that Jen and I evolved into where we are now. And, and you know, this is a process that you, you go through. So when you first start, you make these mistakes and you have to make them. If you don't make (laughs) them, you have no, like you just, you won't learn. It's just like when you're a kid, you have to make these mistakes. You won't learn
1: and you won't, you won't realize what is it that you're willing to, to fix? Right. What are you willing to do? Because it's different for every person, right? So like, I know some people who love to fix shoes, who love to clean bags, but then there have other people. Yeah, like Daniela loves love to do that stuff. But then there's other people who are like, no, I've done it before. I hate it. I can't stand it. Some people find sweater shaving very relaxing. Other people might find it very stressful. So you've got to go through that whole process and figure out what is it that you're willing to, to do? And what are you like? You know what? That's just not my
2: time. Totally. So how much do you guys really clean your clothes when you get home? Do you yeah. put them all in the washer? I love dryer. this question. I <laughs> no, I know. I literally, Kim is so funny because
1: I love, love this question too. Go,
0: when go I, when I camera? saw that question, I was like, oh, Kim wants the real dirt on this, <laughs> he wants right? The dirt. Yeah. He really wants to know what's happening. All right. I'm going to tell you from my personal opinion, I w- I will steam items from certain places. Like Um, you know, and it's, you're not like, I'm not discriminating against any place, but certain places are just not as clean and well-kept as others. Mm -hmm. When I go into a consignment store, buy, sell, trade store, I'm typically not steaming or cleaning those because they're already doing it. They're already steaming it. They've already kind of done that because they're the, the consignment stores I go to, I know do that. I know what their process is and they're steaming it before they put out because of the clientele that they get in the brands that they're Mm -hmm. selling. So, I don't generally do anything. I take it home and I hang it, and it's kind of good to go. Bin's items were always a wash. (laughs) No matter what, it is a soak, it is a wash, it is a steam, you got to do the full process, which is why I tended to like not go to the bins because it required so much work for me and I work full time. So for me, a bin strip is great to like go and meet people and, and just kind of have that networking and engagement and experiencing all of it. I, I love that aspect of it. But in terms of the work that needs to be done when I get home, I just don't have the time and the patience to do it. Even though sometimes you could find some amazing pieces. Mm-hmm. to pick up shoes and handbags was easy for me. Cause like Jen said, I like cleaning that stuff. And that's easy to me to clean yeah. where clothes. It's like, first I got to wash it and you know, I'm going through them again and then I got to steam them. It's it just, it was a lot more for me. So bins mm-hmm. is always a soak, a wash. It's, it's something now thrift stores. So for me, it depends on the piece. Mm-hmm. If it's a new attack item, I'm, I'm not going to wash it, but I'll steam it. I will steam mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. And,
1: and I, for a tip for that, what I've found for people, because when you're steaming new with tag items, what I would always do is I would actually get a Ziploc bag and wrap the tag in the Ziploc bag. Yeah. And then close it off so that at least I have something to grab and it's not, the steam's not going to ruin the tag either. So that's how I would get away with like steaming new with
0: tag items. And I found that incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily wash everything, but if If I have it. So sometimes when um, I go to certain thrift stores, I can tell the person who donated their items. I'm not talking about like the savers and goodwills. I'm talking about like smaller chain type thrift stores. Mm -hmm. Um, I, a lot of times before people donate their clothes, they actually wash them. And some of these places that I go to, I've run into that. So if I can tell this item has been newly washed and it's been cleaned Mm -hmm. and whatever, no, I don't necessarily steam it or do anything else with it because time is money. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, but if the item needs it, and I know that it's been sitting on a rack in a, in a thrift store that many people have touched, especially now right now with COVID, I think it's you know important to kind of throw that out there. You know, we want to make sure things are clean for our customers. Mm-hmm. So yes, I steam a lot more things now than I did in the past because of that. Because I want to make sure that you know the items are nice. Now, if it's an expensive item, I'm going to go above and beyond for it because right. the piece <laughs> commands that from me. I need to make sure it looks good for the customer. Uh, mm-hmm. so I think that plays into it too. Like what's the piece that you're, that you're storing and selling and all of that. I think that plays a little part in it too. The more you're spending on items, the more you're going to care for them. And I, that's just from experience. Cause I'm sometimes spending 20, $30 on a piece, but my return on it could be 175 plus. Right. So I, I take different care of those items than my $25 t-shirt that's sitting in the bottom of a bin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just no. the truth. I'm not going to lie. No, <laughs> I know? love that, Daniela.
1: I, I, I would agree. I'm the same. Um, I don't think that everybody in the reselling community cleans it. I think it was no. more, more of an issue and a hot topic at the beginning of reselling. Yeah. Like a lot of people kind of were talking about that. And now I feel like it's not really, you know, where people are like, do you wash all your items? Do, you do Most people stuff? don't and wash. Most people team. do not wash their items. I will tell you that right now. I don't um, always do
0: it. I I don't, don't.
1: I don't either, but i like your, um, your comment on how you were like, it depends, right. Depends on on where, where you get the piece Mm -hmm. depends on the condition of the piece too. I think sometimes you can also tell like something looks clean. It looks fine, you know, so it's like, smells smells like laundry. Yeah. It smells (laughs) like laundry. And also I always figure too, a lot of people are buying these items used. So they're probably just going to wash it anyways. I know I'm a huge, huge shopper on Poshmark. Yeah. So, and I always wash everything, you know, when I get it. Um, but it's just about like, you know, knowing the pieces, knowing where they come from. Like, like Daniela said, if it was something from the bin, I always at least steamed everything at the very least, you know? Um, and to me, steaming is not a big, big deal. Cause I would literally just, I hang everything on my uh, shower curtain rod in my bathroom right? So it would be like my hang, my hang rail, basically, or if you had like a, like a rack or something like that, hang everything up so that I can do my final inspections on them. And then I would just take my steamer on every single item. And I would steam every single item going through the entire rack of what I got, whether it was from the thrift store, from the bins, it didn't matter. And that was also my way of like cleaning it. And also, um, you know, just like my last check, my final inspection, because usually it was when I was steaming the pieces is when I would like find a stain or I'd find something. So if I were to find something, I would take it off the hanger and put it off to the side knowing, okay, that needs extra work. That needs extra attention, but that was just part of my process. So I would come home with all my bags, hang everything up, steam it. And as I'm steaming it, doing the last check, right? Quality check and seeing what needs to be fixed, what needs to be washed, what needs to be soaked, all that kind of stuff.
0: You don't need an expensive steamer. If that's your next question, you don't need (laughs) one handheld is fine.
1: Um, Honestly, I go through steamers probably I've gone through about, I've been reselling for about six years now, and I've probably gone through three steamers. And that was just because the water is really hard where I live. So to me, I just get a little Conair steamer. Um, I bought one from Target, which was about $60. And it was one of those ones that you drag along and then just now I have a small one that it's just a handheld one and I just use that and that's good enough you don't need one of those jiffy steamers that are like
0: I mean I would love one I I just don't want to invest in one
1: (laughs) yeah I don't think that you I think your money could be spent somewhere else honestly
0: yeah for that
2: but actually this goes to your next question Kim. yeah um does steaming count as cleaning that yes it It does does does
0: it Yeah, in 100%. my opinion, it does, because I use steam to clean my hardwood floors and my tile. Mm-hmm. So steam kills, what is it like 98 point something percent of germs that are on surfaces. Um, and if you have ever hired a cleaning company or anything, and I hired one when we first moved in, they used they didn't use a mop and water, they used steam, steam to clean mm-hmm. the floors. So If you think about it, the floors are pretty gross. Everyone's stepping on them. There's animals that walk all over them, right? Like there's children that walk all over them. There's germs, there's everything on there. And that's what they're using. I mean, they use it in my office too. They use steam to clean everything. So to use steam on your clothing to me is considered a a part of the cleaning process now. If you want to get like real nitty gritty, no, you're not washing it and putting it through that cycle. You're not washing it, but I did some
1: research for this topic. Oh, there we go. I did. And I ended up coming across an article from CNN and they had a laundry expert specialist go on and talk about how steam works. So quick, I'll just read you guys this quick part. It just says that steam works to disinfect and clean in two ways. Disinfecting involves killing bacteria while cleaning is the removal of dirt. First through heat, which serves to disinfect and second through moisture, which performs the cleaning function. What the moisture does is that it causes the fibers to open up, right? And basically the steam then, um, the steam opens up the fibers and which causes the fibers to relax and then the steam doesn't really force the dirt out. It just kind of falls out If that makes sense, it does. So, according to laundry experts and a lot of the articles that I have read, yes, steaming not only kills the bacteria, but it also does loosen dirt and cleans the product. Now, obviously, if you have a huge stain, yeah, it probably won't do that. But that's different, right? So, that's something that you will have to pre-treat and do that. But I 100% agree with Daniela that yes, steaming is cleaning,
0: and you're also being eco-friendly by not doing a load of laundry every Mm -hmm. single time that you go to the thrift store. I mean, that's another sustainability, right? So every time you're running that water, every time you're doing that, Mm -hmm. it's not only an expense, but not great for the environment. So steaming is another way to be eco-friendly.
2: Great, great. (laughs) So I also would love to talk about odors because Ooh. we all have, have that stench of thrift store odors. Mm-hmm. You bring something home and it, of course you're, it smells like cigarettes or perfume. And you just, I feel so bad selling that to someone yeah. and how do you disclose that? Or do you, I mean, how do you deal with that?
0: So cigarette so. smells is tough. Cause I, I've been in that situation before. And the only way that I was able, besides washing it, Um, It was a handbag and I soaked it and and it helped kind of, but not really, because some people, if they smoke a lot, I mean, that is, it's embedded in that piece, right? Especially a handbag, because the cigarettes are probably in the handbag as well. Mm -hmm. So I not only soaked it, I then left it, this was in the summer, I left it outside for days on end so that the natural light and that the winds can kind of get to it and Mm kind of help loosen that up. And then when I I did note it in the listing that there was a slight, you know, cigarette smell to it, um, it did sell and you know, the, the buyer was happy, but I couldn't get it a hundred percent out cigarettes is one of those things that it's extremely difficult to get out of a piece. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah,
1: I, I love that, Danielle. I will say, so out of the list of everything that you have here, cigarette smoke is one of those things where I kind of pass on a lot of stuff unless it's an absolutely amazing piece, it's not worth my time to try to get cigarette smoke out of stuff, especially handbags, leather, all that stuff just really tends to hold on to that. So again, for me, it's not worth my time to try to clean it. But in the past when I have, I've done the same thing. I, what I do is I'll wash it, but I'll let it soak with like an OxyClean, Mm -hmm. you know, and just let it sit there, let it air dry for a few days, then what I'll do is I'll repeat the process at least two more times to see if I can get that. So I tried to freeze things. I tried to see if that worked, that didn't work for me. I tried spraying it with vodka too. That doesn't really work for me either. Um, I, I find that spraying things with vinegar is a little bit better, like a a vinegar solution, obviously not straight vinegar. Right. But, um, but again, like, I just know because I've had such a hard time getting that smoke smell out to me when something does smell like smoke, I generally just leave it. I don't need yeah, to bother too. with it because it's one of the hardest smells to get.
0: It is. And yeah. the only reason why I had this piece is I won't pick it up if it has a cigarette smell. I grew up with a dad that smoked. So like I, you know, I I can't stand the smell and I don't want anything that smells like that. But um, the only reason why I had that was I purchased something on Poshmark and it, it was for me to flip and to sell. And it was a luxury piece. And it wasn't noted in the listing that the buyer was a smoker and that the piece smelled like cigarette smoke. So when I got it, not only was I really pissed off that it smelled like cigarette smoke, but now I had to deal with it because the piece was fine and Poshmark was not going to approve a, a case if I said, well, it smells like cigarette smoke and they can't prove that it came from the buyer. Like there's no, like, there, there's nothing I can do about <laughs> I that. I always love
1: it when their people are <laughs> like, maybe it was the postman or woman that was smoking yeah. <laughs> yeah. it up. Like, exactly. Like, like how much were they smoking in there for, like, for that piece of smelling smoke?
0: <laughs> exactly. So I can't prove it. So I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to deal with it. So I did, but I don't, like Jen said, I don't pick anything up that has that smell. Shoe odor though, I think it. for me, <laughs> When it comes to shoe odor, if it stinks, I'm not grabbing it. Number one, no. but if it's a bins fine and it's not okay, there's always exceptions to the rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's a really great brand, like really, really great brand and the price is right. Maybe I'll grab it, but everything's going to get soaked. And you yeah, can soak so leather. Same. Yeah,
1: you can soak leather. You can soak, soak leather. People thing. are
0: afraid. Soak your leather. It's fine. The only thing you need to be careful of is mixing different leather colors together because of the dyes. That's what you need to be careful of. But you can soak leather handbags. Go on YouTube. You'll find lots of videos of people soaking handbags. I do it mm-hmm. all the time. I am yeah. so afraid of dealing with leather because that's another thing. I don't want to screw it up. I'm, afraid I'm not going to mess I'm, it up. You know, I get it.
1: I totally get that. It is it's scary. I haven't soaked anything myself, but like with shoes shoe odor, that's the same thing. I will also, you know, dunk it in either like a bucket or like in the bathtub again with OxyClean. OxyClean is one of the best things to use, one of the best things to have in your arsenal. Um, and then kind of once I, once I do that, um, I just let everything air dry. Also the other thing that I do for like, thrift store smells, perfume smells, body odor smells. I steam it like crazy. And I actually use this thing and we'll make sure to have a list for you guys, you know, of all these products, but it's called zero odor. And it's actually a spray that you use. I don't like Febreze. I don't like any of that kind of stuff Mm -mm. to me. It just has such a chemical smell. So, um, you know, but this one has a really light, light scent. And it just basically, you go it and you spray the entire item and you just like steam it. And then I'll spray it again, sometimes steam it. And that generally tends to take the smell out. Another thing that you can also do to get some smells out too, is you you can launder your pieces too and dry it. You know, that will also get the smell out. Uh, but generally, yeah, body odor, perfume, thrift store, that's kind of what I do. Um,
0: I have another tip. The
1: laundry, oh, the lawn. I was just going to say the laundry detergent smell though that you get. I don't
0: care. I'm like, okay, it's me neither. Plain.
1: I don't care. I'm sorry. If you don't like the smell of tide,
0: you can deal with it. With your wash. <laughs> you can wash it when you get it. Then you wash it when you the get other it. thing you can do that. I know people have done in the past is they have a spray bottle and they dilute like a lemon or a lavender essential oil yeah. with the water. And I've then they it. use that to spray. Um, lavender generally is gentle enough for people to be able to tolerate when mm-hmm. it's diluted in water and lemon or a citrus of any sort or a grapefruit or something is, Mild enough where someone would be able to tolerate yeah. it. Don't use it's mint. Just- Don't use yeah. anything too strong, but something that's very um aromatic and calming.
1: Both. I love your that lemon. I've also used vinegar, like again, vinegar, you know, like a little bit of vinegar and water with a little Someone bit of Someone did this
0: on Instagram. They used vinegar mm-hmm. and I don't remember it was a reel that I saw. So I'm sorry mm-hmm. for listening. I can't remember who it was, but they took water and, and diluted the vinegar, white vinegar, in the water, and they had a fur coat and they sprayed the entire fur coat to get the smell out of mm-hmm. the musty smell that the fur coat had and you just let it sit. It's
1: bacteria, right? Right. So especially with body odor, that's what I'll, I'll do. I'll spray the underarms with a lot of vinegar and soak that, and then just kind of steam it, you know? And then sometimes if you don't want your item to smell like vinegar, then I would just throw it in the, in the washing machine with like a, a bounce sheet or something, Mm -hmm. you know, just to kind of freshen it up. So it didn't have that smell. Mm -hmm. So
2: that's
0: what we do with all the smells. <laughs> There's so well, many
2: since, smells. Since we're talking about stanks, let's talk a little <laughs> bit more about shoes because um, mm-hmm. I, something I've been struggling with lately is the thrift stores that use the black permanent marker and put it all over the bottom with the
0: price. And <sighs> it's
2: so tacky. I want to get that. All, I don't want to sell yeah. it and take pictures with yeah. that stupid price tag on it. I yeah. get it. There's lots
0: of ways to do this and not every way is successful. And I'm going to tell you this from experience. Sometimes certain markers that they use are impossible to get off, no matter what it is that you put on there to try to scrub it off. And there's so many different tricks. I have a product. um, I don't have the name on hand, but I will send it to you, Kim. And I will make sure I put it, um, when Jen and I create a list for the show notes, I'll put it in the show notes. It's like an oil base. And I think it's called like ink something. And it, it, you take a Q-tip and it's like an oil, you dip it in, you put it on the, the price that has the, the marker. Right. And you wipe it, and you wipe it, is it wipe like Emodian?
1: Oh, like
0: I can't think of the name of it I, I'll go downstairs while while we're okay. talking and I'll go grab it but it's um and it, it will come it will come off like silver marker will come off black marker can come off black markers tough sometimes like when they use silver and other colors like I get the I silver's better one it's easier mm-hmm. right black markers emotics, just, emotics that mm, we use. maybe I don't know it's called ink something I'll find it. And uh, anyway, so it's like I said, oil based. You just scrub it and you just keep scrubbing it. Eventually it all comes off. Another thing you can do is use sandpaper, kind of yeah, sand. I was saying it all
1: depends oh. on uh, my whole question was depends on the sole of yeah. what you're dealing with, right? Yep. So yeah, sandpaper, very, very, very fine, the finest that you can yeah. find and use that for leather sole shoes. Mm-hmm. You just like lightly scratch it and then that will take it out because I use I use Gooby Bond. Goobie you can use that too. My favorite tool, it takes I've never had a problem with taking out the the black Sharpie or the silver Sharpie on hmm. but that's for plastic soles, rubber soles. That kind of stuff never have had any issues with that. You just spray a little bit on, get a microfiber towel and just kind of in a circular motion, rub that out, but don't do that on leather because it will stain it and then you'll have yeah. a big water stain. I mean, it's better than like I guess
2: having the black sharpie <laughs> on it. <there. laughs> like you gotta take the poison, right? People? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've tried different things too. I've tried 405, the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. I, I tried the, the Gooby Gone. And when I was out, I tried WD40. Mm-hmm. And that was surprisingly awesome. And I've I worked great. Works. I had yeah. no idea. So that and was so some
0: people have. use um, so I've used nail polish remover, acetone, and that's worked as well. Um, hairspray. I've heard hairspray is another way to get it out as well. I've never tried it, but I've heard people use hairspray.
1: Mm-hmm. So, all right. That's
0: interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The, lots of the biggest
1: thing is just like depends on the soul, right? So yeah. Because you don't want to like, ruin the soul. You don't want to ruin the soul. Yeah. Absolutely. When worse has come to worse, though, if like take a sharpie and black out, it out, I just take a sharpie and I black, and black <laughs> it out. <know, laughs> Me honestly. too. Me too. It's better than seeing that like 7 dollars price that you paid or whatever, you know, and, and mm-hmm. people are like,
0: why are you selling this for $70? I know. Yeah. Sometimes like, I've I come down money. to just blacking it out yeah. or, or adding stuff. like letters and stuff to it. So it looks like it's a code that the store <laughs> used. I've totally done or that like, too. Or like,
1: <laughs> or like if it does say like $10.99 or whatever, $9.99, adding like extra numbers to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a serial number, guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever. Yeah, There's different
2: ways. Oh, we're so bad. All right. <laughs> so, um, you got. We were talking briefly about what's worth to take to the dry cleaners. Yes. How often
0: do you guys do that? Mm, not often. Uh, it really depends on the piece and what my. What my buy cost is, number one, and how much this piece is going to actually make me. 100%. So if it's a luxury piece, I'm going to go to the cobbler, I'm going to go to the dry cleaner, I'm going to do yeah. whatever I can to get this piece to look 100% Absolutely. perfect. Um, especially if my bike, my buy cost was low. There have been instances where my buy cost was a little higher. So there were these um, vintage Chanel boots that I picked up that were needed new soles. Like they needed to go to the cobbler. There was no way around it. It needed to be fixed. And I had paid $20 for them and I took them and I think I spent like another 20 or so. So now That's I'm what I 40. Say, yeah. Yeah, I spent like another (laughs) 20. So now I'm at 40, but I sold them for 150 because they were Mm -hmm. vintage and they were not something that was going to yield a really high profit. They were like a very specific type of boot. Um, I, you know, could have held out for more probably, but this was like the beginning of my reselling journey. So mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't know any better. Um, so I still made good money, but I had to invest $40 into it in order to do that. I've done it with coats that I send to the real realm that I know mm-hmm. are going to give me a lot of money. I've really done expensive well. dresses,
1: silk dresses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pieces that are really delicate and like Daniela says that are going to command, you got to have that number in your head. Right. So like, for me, it's got to sell at least a hundred or more. Right for mm-hmm. me to invest even more into it, so there's that. Um, but I highly, highly recommend finding a cobbler in your area, yeah. especially if you're really into getting shoes done. Cobblers are going to cost you. Most repairs are at least thirty dollars or less. I was gonna, I would say that's generally yeah. what my cobbler has been. So you just kind of have to factor all that in, like Daniela said, with those Chanel shoes that she did. I did the same thing with some Fry boots that I found that they needed a new heel. So I got that done. Um, and then the other thing is seamstressers, right? I don't use a seamstress. The only reason why is because I learned how to sew. Yeah. And I think that this, if you've got time and you're in the pandemic and you're sitting there. It was and- <laughs> Hi, <Yeah>. Ellie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my, uh, my, my daughter and husband just like walk by really quick. Um, I say you guys should learn how to sew a button. Learn how to sew up against, it's so easy, you guys, it seriously is. So uh, what I've learned how to do is I know how to sew a button. I know how to repair against the seam lines, right, on stuff. That's very simple to do too. And also I do have a sewing machine, so I do know how to hem, but I also know how to hem because I'm only five foot two and I needed, you know, to wear jeans, (laughs) especially since I lived in the boot cut era where (laughs) the jeans would drag. So I needed to learn how to hem my own jeans, but it's definitely something that I think you should invest some time in yourself and learn how to do that stuff. Cause it's so easy. You really don't need to hire a seamstress to be fixing a button for you or repairing a, you know, a busted seam. For mm-hmm. example.
0: If something requires that much work, I'm not getting it no it's, matter I'm what the brand it. is. Nope.
1: If it's a hole right in the middle of the shirt, it's not happening. You know, it's definitely, I look at it and I'm like, forget it.
2: Yeah. Well, I think I was watch. I was watching a video from Courtney from common tags Yeah. and mm-hmm. she said that uh, something happened to her recently and she had to sell something or send something out. And she noticed right before that there was this hole or something that she couldn't fix. Oh, and so she found a seamstress quickly and they fixed it quickly and cheaply. And now that's in her back pocket. If she ever needs to do that again, I'm thinking, well, that's, I don't, I don't even know what they can fix. You know, I can do certain things like sew a button and Mm -hmm. fix a do a blind stitch to do a fix a hem, but you know, other things like I have this awesome Betty Page dress that I know could sell for so much more money, but because Mm -hmm. it has this loose hem, I just I have to disclose and I don't want to try and fix it and ruin it myself.
0: I I understand that. I get that. It's tough because it really is no right or wrong, right? Like you, you could if you could find a seamstress in your area that is affordable, that will fix something like that for like $5, $7, $10. And you- But only that, like ask around in your family. You know what I mean? I'm sure- I go to my mom for everything. Yeah, like moms, aunts,
1: grandmas, like maybe they know how to do it or maybe they have a friend that knows how to do it. And that's also a way that maybe you can employ somebody, you know, to just give them a little bit of extra money or something, and you're not going to be spending as much money, like going to a professional seamstress, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of women back in the day all knew how to do that. Right. And so it's definitely something where I think it's worth it to, to, to find, but I think you can find it in so many different areas than, than you've think right well, it's
2: great when we can do it ourselves because you know that's why some people even get rid of things to begin with because correct oh this button fell off oh i guess i'll get rid of it and you're like wait that's such an easy <laughs> fix why did you, you have the that? button in the
0: shirt why didn't <laughs> you just put it on <laughs> yeah. all the time <laughs> i, I know. definitely
2: yeah
1: i mean it's like i before you get a seamstress i would definitely recommend like a good dry cleaner you know a good cobbler and then, you know, seamstress, just because the reason why we push cobblers is just because you generally can get more money for shoes, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, but hopefully that answers your guys's questions. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to go to the one you have on here Kim, about uh, blood and bodily fluids, right? Oh my
2: gosh. Uh, I hate it when I find a drop of blood or drops of blood. It's just so gross. What do you, what do you do?
0: Um, I, I walk away. <laughs> I won't get it. But if you take it home and you notice it afterwards, blood is extremely difficult to get out. So I worked in the bridal industry for a while and the seamstress that I worked with always said because she'd always prick herself, obviously, you know, when she was doing different Mm -hmm. things, you're working Mm -hmm. with big ball gowns and stuff. It's very easy to prick yourself and the dresses you're working on are white. The only thing that will take out blood if it's your blood is your own saliva. That's the only way to take out your own blood. But if it's not your blood, it doesn't work (laughs) that way. We are not recommending that you lick. Clothing. Don't lick anything. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm, that, but that's what she used to do as a seamstress. Um, she would have to, like, I mean, she's not like licking it, but she would have to take a dab of her saliva in her in her fingers, yeah, and she would have to. Yeah, I know it's gross. It's gross, but that's the only way that she could take it out. Other than that, if there's blood, then you just. It's very difficult to get blood out. It just is if you're a female, yeah. you get it. It's just yeah. it's not something that comes out easily. Cold water. I know. I bought. I bought this. Um... <laughs>
2: for like pet stains, blood and urine sort of stain remover. Yeah. It did not yeah. work. It didn't work for me. Pet so. stains,
1: Yeah. Blood is a hard one. I think that's a really, really tough one. And again, that kind of goes for me where I always like flip the inside check out, the pants. Things, you know,
0: and check the nope. pants.
1: Um, so, cause it's just something where. Sorry I for all our male
0: listeners out there. Yeah.
1: Sorry <laughs> about that. But I just don't want to deal with it. Like, like I have my limits on what I will and won't, won't do. And that's something that I just won't do. But if you are going to be cleaning it, like you said, I've heard cold water works, you know, like trying to, to, um,
0: soak it,
1: it, soak it. But I highly, highly recommend if you're going to be doing this type of stuff to please wear gloves while you're doing this type of stuff, just because, you know, sometimes, and a lot of this stuff, actually, I do wear gloves, you know, uh, myself when I'm cleaning this kind of stuff, because you just don't know where it's been. And, but yeah, Sorry, I walk away from blood.
2: (laughs) It's such a bummer. Blood, um, cigarettes, those things are just hard nosed, you know, they are. They're hard nose. They're hard. And you know
1: how I help to justify those types of things is I tell myself, like, okay, like when I'm looking at a piece, right? And it has blood or it has a cigarette stain, generally we're questioning it because it's a good brand, right? It's not like it's like just some random American Eagle jeans that we're like, oh my God, like it's a thing that smells like cigarettes and it looks like it like was involved in a murder, but I want right. to get these are going to We're not doing that. Right. It's usually a, like a high ticket or like a hot ticket item. The way that I justify things to myself is I look at the actual piece and I say, if this was any other brand, would I even consider this? Would I even, you know, be bothering with it? And if the answer is no, I wouldn't be, then I just walk away. I walked away from some amazing things that have been really, really hard to walk away from. It's really
0: hard to do. But at the same time, I'm like, if
1: it wasn't this brand, I wouldn't even be wasting my time. You know, you kind of have to do that kind of justification for yourself too. Because like I, the best example that I can give is I found a pair of reformation jeans, right? And this was when Reformation was like just getting into the thrift stores, like not a lot of people were finding it. And I was so excited because I'd never found it before, but the jeans look like they had been through hell and back, you know? And I just looked at it and I looked at it and I'm like, if this was any other brand Jen, you wouldn't be spending this much time contemplating on these jeans. You'd be like, oh, hell no, we're moving on. So I had to leave them behind, but still you see, it haunts me to this day when I think about this stuff. So it's just, again, you just have to figure out what's worth your time, what's worth your energy. And like Danielle and I said, for us, things like blood, you know, that type of stuff is just not in our wheelhouse. <laughs>
0: I, you know, there's no
2: magic product.
0: There really there isn't. isn't. There, there isn't. Really isn't. And, and, you know, I think this just goes back to like the beginning of the conversation where we said, you just really need to focus on what it is you want to spend your time on. Yeah. What, what, like when you're in the thrift store, like what's, if you take the brand away, is it worth it for you? Like, that's Mm -hmm. the way you have to look at it. If you take away whatever the brand is and you're just looking at the piece itself, is it really worth it? That's honestly what has really saved me
1: and helped me a lot of headache and time. You know, it's just, kind of making those
2: justifications in your head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then it's so hard and you, you're like, but you just keep thinking about that piece. Well, well, it's the opposite of
2: briars reverse. It's like, you know, you keep thinking about it. Think what it uh, should but have. What I, if I, like, I could, I could take it? it
1: out? Right, exactly. Yes, what if I could do it No. No, girl, you're not taking it out. And you're going to be there for. You're not going to invest time in it. (laughs) Scrubbing some dirty old stains, and it's not going to come.
0: And you're not going to fix all the stuff with holes in it. It's just going to sit in a pile in the corner like it does forever. I had those items too when I moved, and I was like, mm -hmm. I actually need to do something with this now because I'm moving. So I have to actually mend them now. I'll just leave them in a pile until I finally get sick of looking at them. And that's awful. Yeah. It's
1: not doing anything for you when it's sitting on the floor. Nope. In a pile somewhere.
2: So. (laughs) <laughs> so let's talk about shoes one more time. Um what works for you guys when uh trying to get the the whites whiter of soles of yes. shoes, you know, sneakers and, mm-hmm. and canvas to get that clean. How do you do that?
0: So for sneakers or white soles besides a magic eraser, um, like Jen had said before, OxyClean soaks. It's actually OxyClean a big thing. If you if you follow any of like the sneakerheads or the shoe people in our community, um, mm-hmm. they will do big baths and they will soak all their shoes in it. So they use their bathtub or they have like those big, huge, mm-hmm. I don't even know what you call them, but they're just buckets. Right. And they just fill them all up with, um, warm water and they warm put a boxy clean in there and the shoes mm-hmm. will soak for 24 hours. At least they take them out, they rinse them and then they uh, and do a little analysis. Let them air dry usually, let right. them air dry too. Or they'll do it mm-hmm. again and they might soak them again. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on the shoe. Typically, OxyClean is going to get most of the shoe white. And then I kind of go in with the magic eraser and I do what I have to do to kind of clean the rest of it. Some soles and some um, of the rubber they use around the rim of sneakers, sometimes depending on the product that they that they use to create it magic eraser doesn't always get the black marks out of it. And I've tried all the products as well. And it's just like, whatever they mm-hmm. use to create this product, just, it, it just doesn't matter. It's just the mark is going to be there. And I've soaked it three times or whatever. At, at some point you mm-hmm. have to give up. Right. So I yeah. at least soak something twice before I give up on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also have used, uh, like Kiwi, Kiwi products, right. So they hey, have yeah. like, um, they're like sneaker cleaners, right? Mm -hmm. So they're just like cleaners that you spray the whole shoe and you kind of clean it yourself. And then also Kiwi leather shoe polish is a huge thing that I use and they have one in white too. So like for your white leather shoes Mm -hmm. or anything, you know, like that to go in and like in little cracks to clean them all up so that they look white again, I'll use that too. And I've even used it on the rubber too sometimes. (laughs)
0: Uh, I've used black polish on soles and stuff.
1: Like a little bit of like white polish to try to get a scuff out if I couldn't or something like that, you know, just to really clean things out. But of course, always disclose, you know, items were, were handled with care, cleaned with care, but they are used. So, you know, that kind yes. of stuff.
0: I've mm-hmm. definitely used um black shoe polish on like the heels of shoes. Before. I love shoe polish. Mm-hmm. I, I mean I use shoe, shoe polish, polish for everything. For everything.
1: Yeah. I have it in every color. I have it in black. Yep. I have it in brown, caramel and white, right? Yep and any other color. I have shoe polish, and I even have shoe dye, too, yes. so that I have, like, a little jar of black dye or something, and sometimes I'll just take a small little, um, like, on an arts and crafts, you know, like, a paintbrush, and I'll just go in there and, like, paint all that out, dry it out, and then it looks great. It looks brand new. I love, I love I like taking, I like taking care of shoes and bags too. Yeah. Shoes shoes.
0: and handbags. I think is something that Jen and I genuinely are passionate about cleaning and mending and like making them look perfect again, because we do it for our own personal shoes and handbags. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people don't want to spend the time on it because it is, it can be time consuming and, but to me, it's like a fun art project. And it's like my little hobby within reselling that I get to bring something back to life. There are certain Mm -hmm types of leather that are difficult to bring back to life, like patent leather, Um, patent leather is extremely difficult to get the creases out. It's difficult to get any scuffs out. You have to be really careful if you use acetone or anything to try to get scuffs out because you can actually take off all the patent leather that's on there. And then you've got dullness. So, you know, there's, there's obviously little things out there. Jen likes to rehab and paint things. Jen, I've done Mm -hmm. it before too, but Jen likes Mm -hmm. to actually paint leather goods and Mm -hmm. get them back to either a new color or the same color.
1: I've done that before. And then this is also, again, where your cobbler can be yes. a real help because have the them cobblers do are experts in leather. Yes. So you can always, if you have questions, go to your cobbler, you know, and say, I want to do this leather. What do you think? And there have been times where my cobbler has worked on the leather as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I usually have both use. Yeah, they. I've had my cobbler paint the bottom sole of a pair of Christian Louboutin shoes that I had found at the thrift store, and they were those soles needed to be redone. Like I couldn't just paint them myself. And there's a very specific red that you need to use on that specific shoe, which most cobblers have it. Um, They buy it because people always tend to bring in that type of heel or whatever it is that they have flat because it gets damaged so easily. So people typically have like covers on the shoe, but if they don't, the the sole gets damaged. And um, I've had them paint that for me because it's just not something that I'm comfortable doing. Uh, But yeah, so cobbler's great. Or if you're comfortable painting things yourselves and using dyes and whatnot, it's fun, in my opinion.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then the last trick would be for me, before I put anything into soap, I generally will do like a mixture solution of like, Dawn soap, or maybe like not necessarily. Everybody always talks about the blue, but depending on the color of the shoe, if you're gonna do white, don't do the blue because the blue will dye your shoe, mm-hmm. right? So it's Dawn soap, hydrogen peroxide, and baking soda. I was say baking uh, soda, yeah. And the baking soda that I actually use because I was using powder and forever I couldn't get that mixture right because it like needs to be more of a paste consistency. So I actually use Mrs. Meyer's cleaning day. Uh, it's called cream cleaner. It's actually baking soda cream that is created. So it actually gives me that paste consistency too. And I'll take an old toothbrush and I'll sit there and I'll scrub the entire shoe out really well, just to get the dirt out of all those nooks and crannies, then sit it, let it soak, Mm -hmm. you know, and for like a couple of hours, rinse it all out, let it air dry. And then like, you know, if you have to repeat the process you do, but you generally by getting that toothbrush and just really getting in there for canvas shoes, particularly like any um, like chucks or something like that, right? That you would get. I would always do that because when I would clean my white chucks, if I just threw them into an OxyClean bath, sometimes they would get a yellow rim around them. So I want to make sure that I got as much as the loose dirt as possible, take the soles out as well and actually scrub the soles as well in there and then dunk it all in there. Take the shoelaces out, do the same thing, really scrub them in that solution, put them also in there
0: leave that all to just so So, yeah. In I know I look on Kim's face like this is a lot of work and <laughs> I don't want to like do a lot this, of, guys. Yeah. So, and you don't have to. So at, at that point, when you pick up shoes, they need to be good shoes and that don't need a lot of work. And that's it. To and me, shoes and handbags- Right, shoes and handbags bring in way more money for me than any piece of clothing that I could ever sell, and they also flip a lot faster than any piece yeah. of clothing. So for me personally, and I enjoy doing it, it's worth it. Now there are people out there that only do shoes, and they have like such a great process. So I don't know if you fire um, follow Ryan and Lindsay Renzi on. Okay, so they like posted a video not too long ago about their cleaning solutions yeah, and things that they, they, they use. Really
1: great videos. On shoes. I would
0: watch, go back to their um, reels on their Instagram, and they might have it on YouTube too, but it's definitely on Instagram. And they go through all the different products that they use um, to clean their shoes, and they're experts in the shoe market, so I trust what they say. They use they use a big brush, big bristle brush brush to do their cleaning. They have a a spray that they use. I've seen it at TJ Maxx. I can't. It's like called Grandma something. It's a it, and there's oh. like a little grandma on it. Yeah, like a Secret
1: Solutions. So yeah, that's what remember. they use,
0: and they spray the whole shoe. So they have a whole system too that they use, and there are so many shoe cleaning and handbag cleaning experts on YouTube. I cannot stress yeah. that enough. If mm-hmm. you are looking for a resource or resources to clean certain things, go on YouTube and you will find there are people that just, that this is all they do. Like this is their job is they yeah. we have bags and shoes. Mm-hmm. And um, I know another accounts. one, like
1: it's it's Hadron, or friend Hadron.
0: Oh, Hadron. Yeah, Hadron, Hadrian.
1: he does a lot of that type of stuff. Another account that I follow is um, Nevi Posh. So it's N-I-N-E-V-E-Posh. Mm-hmm. And she has uh, she is an amazing DIY fixer. Really, really great tips that she puts on her, on her um, Instagram, you know, just kind of showing how she repairs holes, how she repairs damaged goods and everything. So it's just finding those people who are
0: really experts kind of in in their field and what they do one perfect outfit. Annette too. Annette Annette and Molly. Those are our two that I was going to say. Annette and Molly. Molly's one perfect outfit. Uh, Molly's great. Annette is access baggage. Access
1: underscore baggage too. These are all great women who know how to really take care of leather
2: goods and handbags. They're amazing at what they can do.
0: And they soak their bags all the time, Kim.
2: (laughs) The time. <laughs> I just need to go through that rabbit hole, like you said, and go t- into those YouTubes and just really kind of mm-hmm. research it, I guess. Know, you know what you have do, Kim? You could also, why don't you just buy
1: like a really cheap leather bag that you don't care about?
2: You yeah, know what I mean? That's, and no, that's just a like, test great it. Idea. You're right.
1: And I thought about it. my own
2: stuff, but you're right. I'll just buy something during dollar days at the Goodwill and yeah. it doesn't mean anything to me. And it's just a science experiment and yeah. you just kind of go for it. Why not? Right. What What do you invest like a dollar in it? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then like, see how it goes. And that way mm-hmm. you can test it out. But
0: Sorry, no. You're right. You're right.
2: Well, I don't know how much time we have left. Are we? Are we? No,
0: keep going. We can keep going. We're good, Kim. Keep, keep, keep it going. Um, let's see. What about like the um? Sorry, I just blanked on my. It's okay. We blank all the time. (laughs) We We just edit edit it out so 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 no one can hear it.
2: it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've actually been talking for three hours, people. I actually (laughs) I. I want to hear your own stories of like things that you've accidentally ruined. Oh, I know it's depressing. I I know I ruin things
0: all the time, (laughs) but it'll make me feel better. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Things all the time. All the time. All the time. I I just recently ruined a Lululemon pair of leggings. So that was fun. Confessions already just filling out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah ruined it went to go and um depill the crotch area mm-hmm. and went a little too aggressive and there must have been a snag and i didn't see it and just the whole seam just came undone yeah. in the Lululemon legging and they were new at tag so i cried a little i'm not gonna lie there were some tears that were shed in that moment and i just sat on the floor in defeat and i was like well there's that what am i gonna do now can't that do sucks. anything else with it but use it as a rag so that's what i did yeah
1: I have, uh, I have shrunk sweaters before, Oh, me too. um, you know, not knowing, or like, I remember a, it's like a Bruce Walker, Roush Walker, really expensive, like $300 sweater that I always can sell those consistently for like $70, $80, no problem. And I've washed things before I wash them on delicate or I'll use one of my dry cleaning bags. Like mm-hmm. there are actual like dry, elf. dry elf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and it just shrunk. It shrunk, and I tried to save it. I've been able actually to save shrunk things with my steamer. Before. Me too. Oh, we, we just, should talk about that. Oh, we should. Oh, yeah. God, see here we go. <laughs> um, but I just couldn't save it. It was too far gone, and I ruined it. And it was really depressing that I did that. Another time was um, before I had a steamer too. I used to iron my stuff. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, I had it on the wrong setting. So I like burnt a silk blouse. Oh, I've done that It was like a tucker silk blouse and it's all puckered and ruined. And
0: oh yeah, I mean, it happens. It's
1: awful.
0: I've destroyed the armpits of a silk blouse because I pulled a little too hard as I was steaming. And then it just all, just got all crinkly and gross because silk is so delicate. So if you Mm -hmm. just pull it a little too much, it just destroys the fabric itself. But Mm -hmm. if we talk about shrunken items- there are ways to unshrink sweaters <laughs> and I've done it before. It's a process. It's a process, but it can totally be done. You dunk these items in a solution that you uh, create. Usually
1: you get like a, like a fabric softener, mm-hmm. like downy fabric softener and you fix it in a warm water solution with that. Let it soak for a long time and let it air dry and you steam it out. And, and you can pull it, it, it to Stretch and pull and steam and pull. So it's definitely
0: possible to do. It will never be 100%, but you can definitely no. get it into a better shape than what it was before.
1: And then I've ruined handbags too. I've ruined, like, I had a beautiful hobo handbag um, and it had a really bad water stain on it. Or is it water stain? Maybe ink stain. Yeah, I think it was ink on the leather. And I tried to use a product on it and it created a huge water stain that I couldn't get out, you know? And so that ruined that. So that sucked. Uh, so again now I know okay I don't want to get I I don't mind ink stains but ink stains on leather are really hard to get out Mm -hmm. Um, I've ruined shoes with acetone Mm
0: -hmm. with acetone and then literally the shoe was one color on one side and another color on the other side because the leather came was stripped completely off so I was cleaning the bottom of the shoe where the ink was and I didn't have any other tools with me and I this is like when I first started and I got nail polish remover and straight up 100 percent acetone and it just it spilled and it ruined the whole shoe. And it was a Mm -hmm. shoe I paid up for. So Mm
1: -hmm. I've dyed it wrong. I've done yeah, I tried it first time I started trying to dye bags, I dyed it wrong and I went it went from white to black is what I wanted to dye it to. And it was like a broker bag, a really expensive bag that I found and um it just didn't seal right it like looked like it was going to crack the paint because I didn't do it right the first so it's and I didn't feel comfortable selling it because I was afraid that if the thing got wet it was gonna like ruin whoever's outfit Mm -hmm. like was wearing it so we've we've all done it and it's unfortunate because you know yes these pieces are expensive but luckily we didn't pay a lot for them so Mm -hmm. my tip is like I said for people who want to try to like dye leather or dunk leather like we talked about or or Fix a seam or whatever. Find a piece that's like a cheap piece that you don't care about
2: to practice on. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and stuff that we can't fix and we still want to document it in an honest way in our listings. Yeah. How do you say, how do you make things sound a little nicer and more appealing? Love it. I, I think Jen's question. better at
0: this than I am.
2: <laughs> All about the verbiage, right? That
1: you yeah. use. so number one, if I were to if I get anything like dry cleaned or the cobbler fixes or whatever, I always disclose and I will say things like, you know, professionally altered, professionally cleaned, always kind of using that professionally done, you know, thing, I think that that brings a lot of confidence to people. So like, uh, for example, you know, jacket just recently was professionally cleaned, you know, that type of thing. Now, if it's something that I've done, I always say it was uh, cleaned with care, you know, cleaned, like a like lot of it term. is just using, yeah, cleaned with care um, or, you know, cleaned per the, per the directions on the, on the label, right? Um, if it's something that I've repaired and you can't tell the repair because you've done a good job with the seam, I don't disclose it. I just don't. But if it is something where you're like, I'm not sure, you know, again, just like um, you, I take a picture of the area and just say, uh, you know, recently mended. item was mended and then just see and then i'll just say see picture for details please let me know if you have any questions that's it i don't need to go into the whole spiel of it i've had things that um were missing little sequins or beads on there and i've actually showed pictures and i've even said um I, i will repair this beforehand you know um and i have done it and people are like wow thank you so much for disclosing that you know with the beads or um you know just like little things like that so just basically keeping it short and sweet, and then asking people, if you have any additional questions, please ask. And normally nobody has ever been like, what's your tailor's name?
0: (laughs) It's true. It's true. Uh, before we end this episode, I'm going to end it off with a, an offer that just came in. And I want your perspective on it from both of you. Okay. So mm-hmm. I have this Rebecca Minkoff it's called the Rebecca Minkoff, Darren leather tote. It is a gray leather tote. And mm-hmm. I purchased it from someone on Poshmark that was closing their closet. And I only paid $15 for it. Okay. So that was with shipping and everything else. Um, I have it listed for $185. And I just, I sent an offer for 166 with 595 shipping and the, buyer countered at a hundred dollars what would you do mm. you paid 15
2: you paid 15 that's how much 15. space do you have and you know how much space is it taking up and it's not know. taking up
0: that much space but but i've had it since i was gonna say as my next question how long have you had it? <laughs> i've had it since august since
2: august
1: I don't know. You know me. I live my life la- like my life like fast. <laughs> and
0: I'm like just I'm just curious what you long. two would do. Yeah.
2: Just I would, sell I would, it. I would,
0: just just, just sell take it. it and go. Take it and I'm go. I'm glad we're all on the same page because I'm accepting it right now. Yeah. I like <laughs> as it. Me as much as I would love to counter because I know this bag is worth more than a hundred dollars. Yeah. I'm not going to because I don't care. Yeah. But you have a and you've had it since August. So exactly. And I've relisted it on. twice now.
1: No, move on. This was
0: my second time relisting it, so now I am accepting the hundred dollars. Don't ever ask me. Don't ever. ask. I, me Jen's always going to say accept it, accept it so it doesn't yes. matter. I'm always going to say yes. I'm like, you want money? I'm just <laughs> say yes. Exactly. And I mean, it's eighty bucks, right? Take the twenty percent out, and now, then then okay. you take the fifteen out. So okay, so it's, it's a good amount of money. But Fun. I will say, this buyer reached out to me and said, "Could you please send me a photo of the of the item, like." straight on where the tassel is. And I said, well, that's the first photo of the front of the, mm-hmm. of the item. And she said, are you sure? Cause it looks like it's a photo from the department store. And I said, no, oh, thank you. My photo, but thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much for the compliment. That would that's be nice. Lightroom. And uh, what's the other app that I use photo room. That's mm-hmm. both of those put together. Thank you very much. It's a little compliment there. Anyway, that's nice. how we're going to end the show. Kim, thank you so much for coming on here and having these questions and talking to us and all of that fun stuff. This was great because it makes me and Jen like admit the things that we do, (laughs) you know, to the community and kind of share our perspective on things.
2: Full transparency. Well, thank you so much because I owe so much to you guys for teaching me everything. And this whole community is so positive. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to be a part of it now. I mean, thank you for doing all this. I know it's not easy. You do a lot. You have a full-time job you do Poshmark, you're arranging all these side things for the podcast. It's a lot of work. So thank you.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah. That doesn't mean a lot to us and it's fun. Yeah. We like doing it. So mom, <laughs> talking about
2: yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We, we just love talking about this stuff. Who else and we just like wanna, talking
0: like, in general, converse- yeah, so. that's true.
1: but who doesn't want to have a conversation about leather cleaners and
0: <laughs> apparently no one else, but us, <laughs> no one
1: else, but us
0: And but to listeners. everyone that's listening. Thank you so much for thank listening to this you. episode. I hope it was helpful to all of you. We will incorporate, um, in the show notes, either a link or something that will have all of these items that we discussed that we, that Jen Absolutely. and I currently use, mm-hmm. um, for in our cleaning toolkit arsenal, whatever you'd like to call it. And we will be back next week with our, I think we're going to do our trends. I think we're going to do our trend report, our first one on thrifters Villa, where we're actually going to break down the trends that we're seeing right now on the platforms. Super Mm -hmm. excited about that. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.